Hi everyone, Pastor Gregory Bartram here, lead pastor here at Destiny Church, where your history doesn't define your destiny. I just want to welcome you to Your Destiny Podcast. Thanks for listening. And my prayer is that the message that you hear today brings healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. If you will, go ahead and get your Bibles. Turn with me to Psalms 42. Psalms 42, and I want to read verses 5 and 6 today. Psalms 42, verses 5 and and six, and just I, I just want to let you know that I believe that these verses that we're going to read, these verses that I'm going to preach from, is really going to speak to us. And you'll see why I'm saying this up front. And I believe that we're going to see God help us today. And, um, and, and I believe God's going to help us to continue rejoicing in our hope. Amen? Because I believe, I believe we, we ought to rejoice in the hope that God's given us. And not only that, but, you know, to rejoice in the fact that we have a better future. How many is glad that we got a better future? That uh, our best days are not behind us. Our best days are ahead of us. And I believe that this passage is going to teach us how to maintain our joy. Amen. I think the one, one thing that we need to learn today is to maintain our joy in the midst of the madness. Amen. Because how many has been through some things that's just madness? Some t- hard stuff, tough stuff. And so, um, so let's read together Psalms 42, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Listen to what he says. Hope thou in God. Listen to what he says. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mazar. Now I want you to look with me again in verse 5 because here I believe David, who, who, who's the writer of this psalm, I believe David is talking to himself. He's going through a difficult time and he tells himself, hope thou in God. And so, um, so we're going to continue talking about rejoice in hope. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together, to, to, to be in your presence, Father, to seek your face. And, Lord, I know that, God, you have a word that you're going to speak something to somebody. And, Father, I pray that you be in this place today, that, Lord, that your anointing would be present in this message. Lord, speak to us. Give us ears that we may hear voice of the Spirit has to say to the church, Lord, let us leave here. Lord, not just being hearers, but Lord, let us leave here knowing that, Lord, we have something in our hands to work with. And Lord, I pray that we would all apply it, Father, in our lives. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I I want you to know this morning that it is our hope that helps us in our times that are tough and hard. How many's ever been through some tough and hard times? Come on. I want to see some hands. We all been in there. We've all been through some tough, hard times. And, um, and so it is our hope that helps us through those tough and hard times. Because if our hope is in God, how many knows, then we know and believe that something good is going to come out of everything that we face, everything that we go through. And we also got a understanding that, that God never wastes anything that we go through. I want to say that again. God never wastes anything that you go through. You don't go through trouble. You don't go through pain in vain. If God allowed it to happen in your life, if, if you find yourself in the midst of a situation, in the midst of a trial or a storm, God will not let you go through all of that and not use it for your good. Amen? And so God never wastes our difficult moments, but he uses them to bring something good in our lives. Hope tells us, not to quit or give up. 
We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Hope tells us no matter how hard it gets, no matter how heavy the pressure is, no matter how narrow the place is in your life, you don't quit, you don't give up, but you wait on God with expectancy. Because our future is greater than anything that we are facing in the present moment of our life. That means whatever you see in the present, whatever situation you are faced with in the present, does not compare to the greater that God has in your future. And it's because of the hope that we have and the expectancy that we have in that greater future, we don't give up, we don't quit and we don't throw in the towel amen we stay we remain we stay faithful we persevere and we endure why because we know that God is going to come through that we're going to see the hand of God in our life that God is going to take everything in my life and bring something good out of it and I I don't know how he does it at times but somehow or another God always has this way to take the evil and to take the bad and to take the difficult and take the hard and mix it all together to bring something good into our lives that will bless us and that will give God glory. I come to tell somebody God is going to get glory in your story. Amen. The devil's not in charge of your future. The enemy's not in charge of your destiny. God is in charge of your story. And I come to tell somebody today that by the end of it all, God is going to get the glory because he's going to be good to you. Preach, Pastor. I'm going to. Hallelujah. Our future is greater. And so no matter how difficult it may, may appear at the moment, we won't wonder. We won't stray. We, we won't move a, away from God. But we're going to wait patiently. Why? Because we believe that there's some promises that are up ahead. How many has got some promises from God? Come on, I believe every person, if you have served the Lord at any length of time, somewhere in your life, God has spoken a promise in your life. And so the reason why I don't quit and the reason why I don't wonder and the reason why I don't flee is because I'm still waiting on my promises to be fulfilled. Come on. How many still waiting on some promises to be fulfilled? That's why I still praise him. That's why I still stay at the altar in prayer because I know that sooner or later God is going to fulfill and perform everything that he has promised in my life. And I refuse. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I refuse to leave and to move and miss my miracle, miss my breakthrough, miss my deliverance, miss my blessing, miss what God promised because I could not handle the pressure of where I was in the present. Because here's the truth. The truth is sooner or later God is going to fulfill what he has said. Why? Because God don't lie. Sometimes we got to be reminded of that, that if God said something, he does not lie. He will do it in your life. If he said, I'll, I'll, I'll save your household, how many knows he'll save your household? If he said, I'll, I'll get a hold of your kids, I don't care how they're acting or behaving or what they're doing, God will get a hold of them. If God says, I'm going to restore, if God says, I'm going to recover, if God told you a promise that he's going to heal your body, how many knows you can stand on the word of God? Heaven and earth shall pass away but every word of the Lord shall stand why because because God is faithful to his word and to his promises the Bible says the promises of God do not fail the promises of God are yes and amen Lord do you have promises for me yes amen you know what the word amen means? It means so be it. The pro God says yes to, to the, his promises for your life, and so be it in my life. And so today I want you to know that there will be moments in your life when you will face some hard, strenuous, painful trying, and even challenging times in your life. 
sometimes that you don't understand moments that will you will that will hit your faith really hard. How many have ever had a circumstance or a situation hit your faith? Something so tough, your face shook a little bit. Sometimes we're going to go through things that will cause us to feel like darkness has us surrounded. And moments where it feels like your circumstances are assaulting your joy and peace of mind. But it is in those moments, saints of God, it is in those moments that we must learn to tell ourselves, to speak to ourselves, that no matter what happens, I will put my trust and my hope in God and nothing else. And so today, I know we've been talking about rejoicing in hope, but I want to specifically preach today about putting your hope in God. Placing your hope, putting your hope, positioning your hope in God. You see, here in Psalms 42, I want to give you the context, but here in Psalms 42, King David is expressing how he feels and what is going on uh, in, inside his own soul when he was on the run because his son Absalom caused a revolt against King David and caused David to have to run out of his own kingdom. And, and David is in exile. He cannot go home. He's in a far region away from home, away, away from the house of God. And here in Psalms 42, David is telling us how he feels. He is expressing how he feels in the moment. Could you imagine your family turning away, turn, turning away from you? Can you imagine your own children betraying you, taking advantage, taking advantage of you? Can you imagine no longer being able to go to the house of worship or be able to go praise God during the holy days or the festivals because, because you are now an exile. Everybody's talking about you. Now you have enemies. People are talking behind your back. You're falsely accused. And David, here in Psalms 42, is expressing at this moment how he feels. And some of you, you know how David felt because you've been there before too. You know what it's like, like to be rejected. You know what it's like to be ostracized. You know what it's like to be talked about. You know what it's like to feel like your family is against you and not for you. You know what it's like to not have anybody to feel rejected and over. You know what it's like. You know what it's like to feel alone and you feel like you don't have no friends that you can really express yourself without being judged. And David's here, and he's all alone. He's in, he's in a far-off region so far away from home, and his, his son and his family has betrayed him. But listen, but listen, David not only felt alone and abandoned by those he loved, but listen, he also wondered where God was in all of it. How many ever wondered where God was in all of it? God, where are you? God, where are you? Where, where are you in all of this pain? Where are you in all of this emotions that I have? Where are you in all this trouble? Where are you? Lord, I'll, I won't make it, God, if you don't show up. Where are you, God? Lord, I'm on the brink of a nervous breakdown. If you don't show up, God, I need you. Where are you? I've been in those moments before. Where I've been going through a situation and I feel like I cannot express myself. And I say, God, where I don't, I feel like I, I, you're not near me. I don't feel your presence. I try to worship. I try to pray. I try to read your word. But Lord, I don't feel like you're there. How many can testify that you've been there before? Lord, I don't know where you are. And David is crying out and he's saying, God, I'm going through the worst hell in my life. Where are you in all of this? He felt forgotten. He felt overlooked. 
In Psalms 42, David says that his enemies were oppressing him. Now think about this. David said that they, they, were, they would speak things, say words that were like swords to his bones. What was those words? Ready? Where is your God in all of this? Where is your God in all of this? And because of the negative things that he was experiencing, he felt his soul. Everybody say soul. He felt his soul sink within him. But instead of allowing all that was happening in his life to defeat him, Because he had, if, if anybody had a good excuse to throw in the towel, David had it. But instead of letting all the things that he was dealing with defeat him, he made a declaration to his own soul. He preached a message to himself. What do you do when the preacher is not around and the prayer team is not around and the intercessors are not around and you don't have nobody that can, that can say something to you or pray for you? Here's what you do, honey. You got the same Jesus in you. You got the same spirit in you. You can preach to yourself. You can tell yourself how things are going to be in your life. Some of you, you need to open up your mouth and tell your soul how it's going to some of you, when you get home today, you need to walk in your bathroom, look yourself in the mirror, and say, honey, get yourself together. God is good, and God is faithful, and no matter what I go through, I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life. You know how you get happy? You think yourself happy. You tell yourself that you're happy. David spoke to himself. He preached to himself. He declared to himself. I love this. And he proclaimed that in spite of his present moment, he would put his hope in God. He told himself, self, get it together. Put your hope in God. Matter of fact, David is kind of, he's kind of shocked. He's like, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquiet? He's, he's almost shocked. He said, why, why have I let myself get to this point? Why have I allowed what people have said to, get, to break me down? Why have I allowed this situation and this, this circumstance to beat me down? I'm better than this. I am, the, I am a child of God. I have an inheritance. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious through Jesus Christ. Why am I cast down in this? Why am I disquieted? God is good. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you got to declare it to yourself. Sometimes you got, I know it's weird and I know it's crazy, but sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Preach, Pastor. Talk to yourself. And so David declared to his own soul, he preached to himself. He proclaimed that in spite of his present moment, he would put his hope in God. And in spite of how he felt on the inside, he decided, I'm going to put my hope in God. And this morning, I came to let somebody know that in spite of what you are going through, and in spite of what is going on in the depths of your soul, you must tell yourself, that your hope is in God and that you are going to wait with expectancy because you know that God will not forget, God will not fail, and God will not forsake us. And that what you are going through is just a momentary thing. I think what sometimes we go through something and we think, man, this thing's permanent. Man, this thing's never going to change. I'm always going to deal with this. This is always going to be a cycle in my life. I, I'm always going to feel these emotions. I'm always going to feel this pain. My heart is always going to be broken. I'm always going to walk through this dark cloud. I'm always going to have to have this depression. I'm always going to have to be, I'm always going to walk in this discouragement. I'm, I'm always going to have to be in this bondage. I'm always going to have to deal with this addiction. But the fact of the matter, saints of God, is that what you are going through is not permanent. It is a temporary thing. It is a momentary thing. And that when it's all over, 
you are going to see the goodness of the Lord in your life. But you got to wait and persevere and endure and do not quit. Matter of fact, the Bible, there's a, there's a, a situation in David's life one time, and this, is, this story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 30. The Bible says that David is out, he's been out at war. He's been out fighting battles, and when he comes back to his, his hometown, Ziklag, the Bible says that the Amalekites have came in, and they have ravished this town. They, they have taken all of their, their possessions, and the enemy had taken his wives and his children and has taken them captive. And the Bible says that whenever David and his mighty men show up in Ziklag, they begin to weep until they had no more power, no more tears to weep because their heart was broken for what they saw. The enemy had come in and had taken everything from them. And in that moment, they had to make a decision. Do we let what we see defeat our hope and our faith? Or do we believe that God is able to restore this? And so they are so, David's men that he's been fighting with are so distraught because not only was David's family and children taken, but his, the men that he fought with, their families were taken. Their children was taken. The Bible says they began to weep and they began to cry until they had no more power to weep. And the Bible says that they got so angry that they began to contemplate picking up stones and stoning David. Because when you're the leader, everybody blames you. You got a big target on your back. That's why Jesus said, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. But the Bible says that David done something, and I think it's, this is very powerful. The Bible says that David breaks away from his men. And I love what it says. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You talk to yourself. You talk to, you can't blame anything on anybody whenever you can talk to yourself. You can encourage yourself. You don't need other people to affirm you or encourage you, even though it's good. And we should encourage one another. But if I don't have you, I can encourage myself in the Lord. There are going to be times in your life where you're not going to have access to anybody and you're going to have to learn how to encourage yourself in the midst of the trial. Sometimes you're going to go through a storm and it's going to be an all of a sudden thing that you didn't have time to rally some people with you and get some men and women to pray. It's going to happen so fast you're not going to have time. And you need to learn how to affirm yourself. You need to learn how to encourage yourself. You need to learn how to anoint your own hands and anoint your own head and begin to pray for yourself. Come on, somebody. We need to encourage ourselves. That's why we are not defeated. Why? Because I can encourage myself. That's why this cir circumstance ain't going to get the best of me. Why? Because I can encourage myself. Not I, that my heart is not going to fail. Why? Because I will encourage myself. I will talk to myself. I don't care to be weird. Come on. I won't let this thing defeat me if I got to. Somebody said one time, it's, uh, it's not so weird talking to yourself. It's when you start answering yourself that starts to become weird, right? <laughs> but David encouraged himself in the Lord. You see, I know it looks weird to talk to yourself, but sometimes when there ain't nobody around you that can pray for you or encourage you, you have to look at yourself and say, So, don't be in despair. Soul, don't be disturbed because God is going to show up and show out in my life. You have to declare that over your own soul. You have to look at your soul, look at yourself, and say, I will put my hope in God. I've made up my mind that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, whether somebody is there to walk me through this, whether somebody's there to talk 
to me or to counsel me. I've already made up my mind that whatever I go through, I will put my hope and trust and expectation in God. I mean, sometimes though, sometimes though, we put our hopes in the wrong things. We put our hopes in the wrong people. And we find ourselves crushed when they fail us, hurt us, and let us down. But I want to let you in on a secret this morning. Ready for this? Nothing or no one can help you like God can help you. I think David is also the one who penned this. He said, for the Lord is a present help in the time of trouble. For he delivereth us out of all our afflictions. You say, preacher, I'm still waiting on my deliverance. And I would tell you, keep putting your hope in God. He will come through. And so you... You have to get the revelation, and you have to understand that nothing or no one can help you like God can help you. And when you put your faith, when you put your hope in God, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disillusioned. You won't be dissatisfied because God is able to do for you what nobody else can. Sometimes the reason why we feel let down and we feel hurt is because we put our our trust and our hope in the wrong thing. See, that's why it's important that we understand that it's not just having hope. Because how many knows you can have hope, but have it in the wrong things. You can have it in the wrong object. You can have it in the wrong people. And then because you put it in the wrong things and the wrong people, you experience a negative result from that. But it's when you put your hope in God and wait only on Him that you experience a better outcome when you come out of the adversities of life. you got to be careful that you don't put your hope in the wrong place. I'm going to say that again. you got to be careful that you don't put your hope in the wrong place or the wrong people. The only place that your hope belongs is in God. You, you don't put your trust or your hope or your faith in anybody or anything. You put your hope in God. The reason some of us get in the messes that we do is because we misplace hope. Well, I'd feel better if I had this relationship. I would feel better if I could buy that. I, could, I would feel better if I had that job. And you put your hope in so many different things other than God. And you wonder why your heart's broken. You wonder why you feel like you're let down. You feel like you're disappointed. Here's why. you got to put your hope in the right place. And it's when you put your hope in the right place that you begin to see a better and greater outcome in your life. So let, let me ask you, let me ask you today, have you ever misplaced your hope? Have you ever misplaced your hope? Have you ever been disappointed and let down? Every, everybody today would, 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 would have to admit that. Were you, were, has your hopes ever been crushed? Did you feel like your soul was cast down? Did you feel disturbed inside? The Bible actually tells us this. This is powerful. In Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. I want you you to notice what he says. He says, hope deferred makes what sick? Not your stomach sick, your heart sick. Hope deferred. That word deferred means delayed. Hope delayed makes you sick inside. So what do you do when your hope is delayed and deferred and your heart and your soul have become sick? You do what David did here in Psalms 42 verses 5 through 6. I want you to notice that David had to get a grip on himself. How many has ever had to get a hold of yourself? I would have punched him right in the mouth, but I got a hold of myself. (laughs) I would have been less one kid, but I had to get a hold of myself. (laughs) 
Come on, don't, don't leave me by myself. Come on. <laughs> David realized, he, he, he noticed something. He knew himself. And before he could react to what was going on in a wrong way, he got a hold of himself. He got a grip on himself, and he told his soul what to do. I like this. Because if you don't get a handle on your soul, your soul will get out of hand. And if allowed to, your soul will cause some major problems emotionally and spiritually in your life. You see, your soul is your inner being with its thoughts, emotions, desires, and passions. So when the Bible talks about the soul, the soul is the seat of the mind, the will, the emotions, the passions, and the desires. I love this. This is going to be powerful. I'm going to help somebody today. David said, before I allow those to be affected by what I'm going through, I'm going to get a grip on my soul. I'm going to get a grip on myself. I'm going to tell my soul. I'm going to talk to my soul, and I'm going to tell my soul how it's going to behave, how it's going to act, and how it's going to feel. And so if you don't learn to seize your soul in the midst of the storms of life, if you don't learn how to seize your soul, it will mess with your mind. I'm, 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 those, are, those are intentional pauses that you're getting right now. You know why? Because I want this to sink down in your spirit. Some of our problem in our minds is that, there, is that we have allowed our soul to get out of hand. We have allowed things to affect us so bad that now our, our soul has caused some issues in our mental capacity to think. A lot of people's problem up here is because they didn't get a grip on themselves and before long, listen, it will start to affect your mind. It will, your situations will mess with your mind. It will affect your emotions. Your emotions will be, you wake up in the morning and you feel happy, but by midday you feel so depressed you feel like you want to end it all. I remember one time I was going through, it was a spiritual battle. I never felt depression at any moment in my life but this moment. And, um, and, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to be vulnerable today and I'm going to be transparent because I, I believe what I'm going to share with you is going to help you because, because you've got to understand even pastors deal with stuff like that. And I remember I was living in Hickory. That's where we're, we're from. And I was living in Hickory. I was, I was a steel fabricator, welder. And I remember I was standing outside. I felt good that morning. Got up that morning, I never dealt with depression, but I was going through some problems. I was going through some situations. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, while I was standing out there, I don't, I don't know if it was a panic attack or if it was any, an, an anxiety thing. I don't know. But when I was standing out there, I felt this deep depression come over my, my mind and my emotions. I even had to call Mary. I said, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like I just... I have no hope. I have no desire. I just want to come home and just go to bed and just end it. I'm just being vulnerable. At some point in time, we've been there. We've been there. And I, and I, I, I try to think about how I got to that place. Here's how I got to it. I didn't seize my soul. I let things get out of hand inside. And when you let things get, a, get, a, get out, of hand inside, out of hand inside, what happens is, is it begins to mess with your mind. It begins to affect your emotions. One moment you're happy, the next moment you feel like you're going to go and end it all. Not only that, but it will also cause your passions to be put out. 
If you, go, if you don't get a handle of your soul, and if you don't tell your soul how it's going to feel, your soul will tell you how to feel. And by nature, the soul will tell you to think negative things, to feel negatively, and to feel depressed, and to feel discouraged, and to feel disappointed. That's, that's just how it is. That's sin. That's why you have to be intentional with your soul. You have to sometimes get a grip on yourself and tell your soul, this is how I'm, I'm not going to be depressed. I will have the joy of the Lord. I will not lose my mind. I will not have a nervous breakdown. I will not have another panic attack. I take authority over myself and over my emotions, over my desires, over my mind in the name of Jesus. You tell your soul, how it's going to feel. David said that his soul was cast down, which means to sink low. He felt his soul sink low. He, another way to say it is he was depressed. He also said that his soul was disquieted, which meant, I thought it was interesting, this, this word disquieted means without quiet. It, 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 means, it means to roar inside. It means to be restless, and, and here's another uh, definition of it. It means to have a war going on inside. How, how many ever had a war going on in, on the inside, but nobody around you knew that there was a battle that was raging inside of your heart, inside of your mind, inside of your emotions? You had a smile on your face, but inside you were fighting. You were battling. You were struggling. But inside there was this roar, there was this, this fight going on for your soul and for your sanity. David said his soul was cast down and it was disquiet. He was in a warfare. He was in a struggle inside of himself. Now listen, that's why it's important for us to not give our souls a chance to decide how we're going to feel. When we are dealing with difficult moments in our life, we must tell it how it will feel and what it is going to do. Some, I, don't know, I don't know if you, some of you have ever heard this, but you tell yourself, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you are a redeemed child of God, born again, spirit-filled, you, you don't just have authority to look, look at demons that vex other people. You can look at yourself, point the finger at yourself, and say, devil, get your hand off my mind. Get your hand off my emotions. Get your hand off of my passions. Get your hand off my desires. You're going to have to give me back my, my, my happiness, my joy, and peace of mind. Some of you, you need to stand up and take authority of your own self. You take authority of your You tell yourself, I'm going to be happy today. Sooner, sooner or later, you keep telling yourself that, you're going to be happy. Because your words create your world. When you get up in the morning and you drink that coffee, you say, today I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. I'm going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Today I'm going to walk in victory. Today I'm going to walk in authority. Today I am going to walk in the anointing. Today I'm going to walk in the will. Today I'm going to walk in the promises of God. Today I'm going to walk like I'm a child of God. I'm going to walk like I'm a daughter and a, and, a, and a son of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to walk around like God is still on the throne, that he's still sovereign, that he still reigns, and that he's still in control of my life. I'm going to walk around like, acting like I'm, that, that I've got a Lord and a master who is over me, and he doesn't never fail me. And I'm going to put my hope in him you got to tell yourself, I know you're going to look crazy. Do it anyway. <laughs> Listen, we are responsible for our own souls. We not, I want you to get this in your, in your spirit. We may not be able to control what we are going through, but we can control our own souls 
when we go through it. I want to say that that's good stuff. I may not be able to, you may not be able to control the things that you are going through, but I refuse to go through them and allow the things that I'm going through to affect my soul. I'm going to take responsibility of my own soul, and I'm going to take control of it. I'm going to take control of my emotions. I'm going to take control of my mind. I'm going to take control, amen? I'm going to take control. So what should, now, I, preacher, you, tell, you said tell, talk to ourselves, talk to our souls, take authority over our souls, be responsible over our souls. So what do we tell our souls in the moment of hardships? And I'm almost through. Because David actually tells us in Psalms 42, 5 and 6, what we should tell our souls. The first thing, Jake, go to the, go to the first slide, the first point. David tells us, Put your hope in God. The word hope there means to wait with expectation. Don't never let your soul convince you that there is no hope. Don't never let your mind tell you that there is no hope. Don't never let your emotions tell you that God is not going to come through so you might as well be sad and down and out all your life. David told his soul, you got to put your hope in God. you got to wait on him with expectation that you are going to obtain something better than what, than what you are going through. He said, put your hope in God. I, I love this. There's many names in, in the Bible for God. And one of the names that David uses here, uses here in Psalms 42, verse 5 is the word Elohim. Elohim. Uh, this, this, was, this word was used to convey that God is creator. He said, put your hope in, in the creator. Do you know what a creator does? He makes something out of nothing. Oh, this blessed me. Why am I going to lose hope even when I don't see anything? Because I serve a God who is Elohim. He can take nothing and do something with it. I come to tell somebody the reason we can put our hope in God is because he is creator. And even though you don't see nothing, doesn't mean God can't do it. Why? He's creator. He's Elohim. Not only that, but the word Elohim means king. He rules. He reigns. He has a kingdom. He has authority. The word means judge. It means Lord. It means Savior. It means that He's compassionate. He's gracious. And I love this. Whenever, whenever David said, put your hope in Elohim, he said, put your hope in the God who is faithful to His covenant. Whew. He's faithful to His covenant. What was covenant? Everything God promised He would do, He will do. Number two. David says, hope in God, but then he says, continue to praise God. He says, for yet shall I praise God. For yet shall I praise him, for he, for the, for he is the help. For I will praise him for, his, for the help of his countenance. David said, I'm going to put my hope in God, but I'm going to make up my mind that no matter what I face, I am going to continue to praise God no matter what. He says, for I shall yet. When David said, I shall yet, it means I'm going to again and again and again and again and again. And I know I just went through hell all week, but I'm going to come to church and I'm going to praise him again. I know the devil's been fighting me all week, and I know the circumstances have not changed from, the, from last month, but I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to praise him again. I'm going to shout his name again. I'm going to lift my hands again. I'm going to exalt him again. I'm going to dance again. I know it's hard, and I know I'm in the middle of hell and high water, but I made up my mind I'm going to put my hope in God, and I will continue to praise him and thank him and give him glory. He says I'm, again and again. I love because it also indicates repetition and a continuance of something. David said, I, no matter what, I will not let my problems affect my praise. 
Somebody needs to hear that because you know, you know what your problem is? you to do it wants you to it don't mind you coming to church it don't mind you getting up taking a bath it probably appreciates that brushing your teeth getting your church clothes on getting problems don't care the devil don't mind you going to church but he does mind he does mind that when you get in church and you don't let your problems Get in your way of your praise, amen? The devil can't stand that kind of person because no matter what he throws in your lap, no matter what hell he causes in your life, your praise cannot be affected because you know that there's power in your praise and your praise is a weapon in your praise. If I didn't have my praise, I would have went insane. If I didn't have my praise, I would have never made it. If I didn't have my praise, I would have never broke through. If I didn't have my praise, I would have never won the fight. If I didn't have my praise, I would have never got the victory. David says, no matter what, I will continue my praise. I don't care. I don't care how my soul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my soul know I am in charge here. I see it all too many times. People that go through situations, go through trials, go through trauma, go through events that are hard, they come to church and they plop in the chair and they do nothing. And then they wonder and then they complain, God, why am I still in this? Here's why you let your soul and your emotions and the things that you're going through affect the one thing that could set you free and break you through, it's your praise. I don't care how hard you, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how, I don't care if you've got to come in here crying. <laughs> just somebody get the music started. Somebody get the music. I just need to praise God. You, you may, your heart may be broken. Your, 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 your mind may be, be, be going in a thousand different places. But it's some, there's something that happens when you come into the house of God. And when they begin to sing and you raise your hands and you begin to praise God. There's something that happens in the moment of praise that makes everything okay. You see, when David said, I shall yet, he, he was literally expressing the fact that I, no matter what happens, I'm going to continue praising God. Now, I thought it was interesting. You guys are going to like this, okay? He said, for I shall yet praise him. There's, there's also different Hebrew words for praise. And the, the one Hebrew word that David uses here for praise is the word yada. I was, I was like, man, why didn't that word have an O in it? I could have said Yoda. Now they got the force with me. <laughs> you guys can smile, gosh. But it, the, the, the Hebrew word is yada. Um, the essential meaning is to acknowledge what is right about God. Because sometimes your problems always want you to find everything wrong about God. Or try to. There, there is no wrong in God. But our problems make us think that, doesn't it? it? It can also refer, I love this, it can also refer to casting or throwing something down. Here's another definition because this word, if you study it deep enough, it, it can also mean to shoot an arrow. What David was saying was, he says, my praise is the, is the very thing that tears down and throws down every wall that the enemy tries to fortify, every stronghold that the enemy tries to fortify. But not only is it, is it the power to pull down things, it is also my weapon that I shoot back at the enemy. See, some of you, you may be fighting fiery arrows all but whenever you raise your hands and sing your song and praise, it's as if you are loading your bow, putting your arrow in there and saying, devil, I ain't going to sit here and let you do that. I'm going to shoot back. I'm going to shoot back with my praise. I'm going to shoot back with my worship. I'm not going to. My praise is a weapon. Come on, somebody. It's your praise. I dare somebody to praise him right now. Come on, somebody lift up his name. Let the devil know we are not going to take his junk. We're going to shoot back. We're going to shoot back. David says, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to continue to praise God. But then listen to what he says. He says, but I'm going to rely. Go to the next one. I'm going to rely on God's presence. Now, now follow me here. He says, 
For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my gosh, this, this was powerful when I saw this. This was powerful. He says, I will praise him for his help. Okay? It was so interesting to me that when I looked up this word help, the Hebrew word was Yeshua. Now, if you don't know what Yeshua means, it means Savior. It means deliverer. It means the one who can set you free. It was interesting to me that when David said, I will praise him for his help, I'm going to praise him for the fact that when I could not get myself out, when I could not save myself, God sent his, his, his Yeshua. He sent his Savior. He sent his Son, and he came, and he, he delivered me, and he set me free, and he gave me hope, and he gave me joy, and he gave me peace, and he set my soul free from every bondage and stronghold of the enemy. I come to tell you, it's not just that we put our hope in anything. We put our hope in God, and we continue to praise God for the fact that I got Jesus on the inside for Jesus is the hope of glory Woo, preach pastor if you ain't got Jesus you ain't got nothing Jesus is our help he is our secure. He is the one who aids us. He is the one that comes and assists us. He is the one that sets us free. He is the one that, that, that comes and he, 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 he comes alongside and he encourages us and comforts us. How does he do that, preacher? He does that through the Spirit of God. I thought that was powerful. Yeshua. I'm going to praise him for Yeshua. And then he says, I'm going to praise him for the, for the help of his countenance. The word countenance actually means face. And in, and in the scriptures, face always refers to the whole person. And so uh, when David says, I'm going to praise him for the help of his countenance, David was literally saying, I'm going to praise him for the help of his face. Because this got me right here. I, I began to cry whenever God gave me this revelation. All God has to do is look your way. That's why David said, Lord, you said to seek your face, and Lord, thy face will I seek. Why? Because his face represents his whole being. And, God, and listen, and whenever, whatever, wherever your face turns, your body turns with it. And David says, Lord, I, I just, because David felt like the Lord was ignoring him, that the Lord had forgotten him. But David said, I'm going to praise you for the help of your countenance. I'm going to praise you because I know that sooner or later, if I keep staying right where I am, if I keep enduring, if I keep persevering, if I keep praising you in the hard times, you're going to turn your face my direction. I'm going to say it like this. Sooner or later, you get God's attention. Woo! You get God's attention. And David says, everything's going to change if I get his attention. That's why I'm going to seek him. That's why I'm going to praise him. That's why I'm going to go after him with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength. Why? Because if I can get his attention, everything changes. There was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had spent all that she had, but the Bible says, yet she grew worse. And the Bible says one day she heard that Jesus was coming into her town. And I can, I can see it. She's in her house. She's in her bed. And she's weak. She can't barely get up. And all of a sudden she hears a commotion outside. She hears a commotion outside. The multitude is gathering and there's a loud clamor outside. I would imagine people were saying, Jesus is here. Jesus is coming through. Jesus is walking. And all of a sudden, as feeble as she was, she picked herself up, put her dress on, put her heels on, made her hair, put her makeup on. I'm just, this is Greg's paraphrase, okay? And so she got herself together. She told herself, watch this. I love this. I got you. I need, I need you to listen. At that moment, there was nobody in her house. 
Why do you say that? Because in Leviticus, the Bible says if a woman had an issue of blood, she was ostracized, she was by herself, and nobody could be around her because she was considered unclean. She was by herself. But you know what? She told her so. If I can only but touch. Oh, hallelujah. If oh, I can only but touch the hem, I know you feel bad. I know you got an issue. I know you're weak, but I'm still going to get up. You got to tell yourself, I'm not going to lay here and die when Jesus is coming through the town. She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, the Bible says she presses herself through the crowd. Jesus is on his way somewhere else. He wasn't there to stop with, and, and do a miracle for the woman with the issue of blood. But Jesus was walking And the Bible says he stops right there is what David was meaning. Somebody that was so desperate that their desperation stopped God. And Jesus goes, who touched me? For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And the disciples said, Jesus, don't you see the multitudes? People throng you. What do you mean somebody? T-? He said, no, 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 there's a difference between thronging and touching. He said, all these people throng me because they know what I can do for them. But somebody's desperate for something. Somebody needs a miracle. Somebody's heart is going hard after me. Somebody's seeking my face. Somebody's calling out my name. Somebody's hurting on the inside. Somebody's broken and needs a healing. No, that's somebody touched me and they got my attention. That's what David was saying. David said, I'm going to rely on God's presence because it's when I get his face and his attention that I get everything that I need from him that will sustain my soul. Then lastly, lastly, David says, I'm going to remember what God promised. Now, in Psalms, this is, this is powerful. I'm going to show you something here. And th- this is, this is going to speak to somebody. I, I really believe it is because it spoke to me. But in Psalms 42.6, David says, Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee. He says, My soul is cast down. So what I'm going to do, I will remember thee. The word remember there means I will recall, rehearse, and record. It is so important, and I've, I've, this, this is something that I'm learning at this moment in my life, that when God gives you a promise, God gives you a dream, God gives you a vision, or when he says something to you, or when somebody prophesies something to you, please get you a notebook and record it. Because you can't rehearse or recall what you have not recorded. A long pencil is better than a short memory. <laughs> Write it down. I'm, I'm just starting to, because, you know, the, when I was a young preacher, I mean, literally, I, had, I could retain a pretty good amount of stuff. But the older I get, it's a little, de- more, little bit more difficult. I mean, um, used to be I could remember my entire calendar. Now I have to carry that thing with me all the time. But you can't remember and you can't recall or rehearse what you've not recorded. So there's going to, David said, but David was kind of giving us the idea that there will be times when I go through difficult moments, when it feels like God's not going to do it, I'll get my journal out, I'll get my book out, and I will rehearse and recall what God said he would do just to remind me that if I said it, I'm going to do it. See, you know what I did? (laughs) You're going to think I'm crazy. My wife is good at that. When she has a dream, I, I don't remember any of my dreams. I tell people all the time, if I dream something and I remember it, get ready. It's from God because I don't never remember my dreams. But my wife will dream all the time. And she, I'll, I'll hear her getting up. She'll be I'm like, that's not about me, is it? She don't ever tell me. And uh, she'll write them down. And, and so, I, you know what I did whenever I began to study this? Because I started this last Monday, start studying this. God convicted me. And you know what I did? I sat down one day. I said, okay, I'm going to try to go as far back as I can. And I'm going to write these things down. 
everything I've heard, everything somebody said, I'm going to try my best. I even, asked, I, I, I even asked Mary about certain things and because she's pretty good about that. Women don't forget things. Man, I thought you would amen me right there. Come on. I know you got scared right there. He's like, ooh, I don't know if I should respond to that or not. I want to eat today. <laughs> but you can't recall what you've not recorded. And so David says, I'm going to go back and I'm going to remember everything that God said to me. I'm going to remember it. I've, I've, I've realized something that when you go back, you'll start reading stuff like that and it will start to encourage you. Man, God spoke to me. God's got a purpose for me. Now listen to what he said. He said, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember thee from the land of Jordan. Everybody say Jordan. And of the Hermonites. Everybody say Hermonites. And from the hill of Mazar. Everybody say Mazar. Now, watch this. David says, I'm going to remember and we're going to recall you from Jordan, Hermonites, Mazar. As I studied this, do you know what the, 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 term, the name Jordan means? It means the descender. David says, I'm going to remember the descender. Do you know what a descender is? It's somebody who goes from high down to low. I'm going to remember the one who was high and lofty but came down and scooped me up out of the miry pit and delivered me and set me free. I'm going to remember that day that, that, that he that was high and lofty came down low. Because I'm going to tell you, when he got this boy, he had to go real low. Real, come on, I'm talking about low. He had to go low as you can go. But he went as far as he could because the Bible says he saves to the uttermost. He'll reach way down. He'll pick us up. And when you go through problems, remember that it was the one that got you out at the beginning anyway. And if he got you out and saved you, he don't save you to leave you there. He saves you to set you free and to use your life for a purpose. He says, remember, he, he says, remember, I remember the descender. I remember that day that we crossed the Jordan. I remember that day that we stepped into the promises of God. I remember that day that God made a way when there was no way. He says, I remember Hermon, the Hermonites, which was a Mount Hermon. And when you look up the name Hermon, it actually means this a peak or summit, and when I saw that, God spoke to me. He says, I will remember the, the promises that you said that I'm going to go up higher and I'm going to go to the next level. Some of you need to remember that God doesn't want you to stay on the level that you are. He's always calling you up higher. He's calling you to the summit. Remember that. Also remember, because I love this, remember Mazar, because Mazar actually means small. You need to remember that what's big to you is small to God. Now, you can stand to your feet. I'm going to show you something. This tripped me out. I didn't know this. I learn something every, every week when I study God's Word. But I learned something about sheep. Sheep do something that is kind of weird. Sheep have this problem that if they fall over on their side or on their back, they cannot get up. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you a picture. Go show the picture of the sheep. Sheep, when they fall down, they cannot get themselves back up. And what happens is when they fall on their back or on their side and they can't get up of their own ability, they begin to struggle and move and flail. And what happens is they, they, they have gases in their stomach that will begin to spew out and it will begin to harden their stomach and they will die on their back unless somebody helps them. And do you know what they call this? A cast down sheep. Four times in Psalms 42, verses, verse 5, David says, cast down, cast down, cast down. Now, if you don't know anything, we are the sheep of his pasture. And because we are sheep, sometimes we fall down. And sometimes we get in a place where we can't get ourselves back up. We can't lift ourselves up. We can't get to our own feet.
But thank God that the Bible says in John 10 that we have the good shepherd, the great shepherd who will come down and he will lift us up out of our problem, out of our predicament and put our feet back on the ground. Because here's what I know, that if you stay there long enough, if you stay there too long, you will die in that condition. And it's only Jesus that can help you. It's only Jesus that can lift you up. It's only Jesus that can help you with the struggle. Sometimes life hits you on your back. Sometimes problems hit you on your, get you on your back. Sometimes you're in a predicament that you can't get yourself out of. I come to tell you that's why Jesus came. Jesus came as the good shepherd, the great shepherd, who gave his life for the sheep that we might be saved so that we might be turned right side up. <laughs> I, remember, I remember times, man, I felt like I was flat on my back. And if somebody didn't help me, I'm going to die. But I remember those moments too when Jesus came in and swooped into my life and rescued me. I felt his gentle hands come down, scoop me up. And he began to comfort me and let me know that everything's going to be all right. Because he's always on time. He's never late. He knows what happens in your life. He knows every detail. He knows the number of hairs on your head. When you fall down, cry out to him. When you begin to sink like Peter did that day, call out and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And church, I promise you, he will come and he will, he will reach down and he will pick you up and he will put you up on solid ground and get you back going again. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue being a part of all that God is doing here at Destiny Church. You can text to give at 828-662-3453. Or you can give online at destinyauto.com. That's destinyotto.com. We would love for you to also subscribe to your Destiny podcast and for you to also share this podcast with family and friends. And again, thank you for joining us.